and welcome to the show that it's named for the 42nd greatest player in Pittsburgh Steelers franchise history. And I am not kidding at all. It's the Ramon Foster Show brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they are open for business and serving hot, fresh food around the clock. Moan. Yeah. For anybody who missed yesterday's episode. And why would they have done that? Silly of them. Right. Yeah. They missed like the hey moan of all time when yeah. uh, uh, a gentleman Patrick. named Patrick sat here in this chair uh, at our downtown HQ shop and floored all of us with the legit information that according to no less an authority than profootballreference.com that you rank number 42 in a category that's known as approximate value. Yeah. And I'm looking at your face there on the screen as <laughs> he's doing this. And it was like, yeah, it was. Yeah. What? Right. Yeah. I was just like, I, I never looked those types of things up. Number one. And I use the heck out of pro football reference. They give a lot of history, backstories, tendencies and just everything on their site. And it's free. Well, most of the part that I use is absolutely free. So I, I go to them, but they have this approximate value. And um, for me to be 42nd on this list, it's not like I'm above. Uh, oh, oh, there's a few guys I'm above. You're above like, Heath okay, Miller I, and Louis Lips and Larry Foot, Le'Veon. And I was just honestly thrown back a little bit by because I'd never viewed myself as being that type of guy. But um, it, it, I guess the way they weigh this as far as importance, availability, how you played and what you did at your position as far as your time with that team. It, that's uh, that was surprising for myself. I'll be honest with you. I didn't see that being the case. Well, turning serious here with the way in, in reading the formula, and by the way, it's really complex and layered. It is. And the formula itself, the founder of it, a guy named Doug Drynan, goes out of his way to state that it's not meant to be a be-all and catch-all stat. Mm-hmm. It's It's meant to be much more a measure of consistency. So he said, for example, here, I'm reading off of this this screen here, your number of seasons as a starter is something that they weigh heavily. And what does Mike Tomlin always say? What's the best availability? Uh, Oh, wait, no. What's the best ability? ability? I totally killed that. Availability. (laughs) Yeah, the best ability is availability. Um, Starters who made the Pro Bowl are as a group better than starters who don't, et cetera, et cetera. So he he got into all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. The the explanation, we'll leave you links wherever it is that we put this video so you can check this stuff out for yourself. But, you know, again, you know, staying serious here and not you know saying that, you know, you had a, you know, greater impact with all due respect than Heath Miller on the franchise or Louis Lips, who was before your time, but Louis Lips might have been the preeminent player on the Steelers teams that he was a member of. Yeah. Um, It's, it's got to feel a little bit good, right? It does. And I, I went and looked at my page, and I guess the number system is, is 1 through 10 as far as the way he kind of ranks in it. If you look at it and not you know patting myself on the back at all by what he says or the way they do the AV, uh, because if you look at my stat line, there's not a whole lot on it because I don't make tackles and I, right. I don't do a lot. I do have one fumble recovery, though. And this, of course, doesn't track who gives up that much sack. You got to go to PFF or that type of thing. But the AV in my rookie year was 3. My second year and starting was a four. And then, of course, that's why I always kind of say you got to give time to guys to kind of mature as offensive linemen because year three through year 10, I didn't go below a seven. Well, I was six, seven, 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 eight, seven, seven, eight. 
And yeah, then my last year was a five. So I was where I kind of thought I was with my play. I knew after year three and year four, I was starting to understand the game a little bit more. This to me was a really good indication of the way my career went. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, it did. No, it's 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 something. Now, again, to, to go back to the point here that the founder of this statistic made, if you go and I know everybody's wondering right now, like, who are the who are the top whatever? OK, so yeah. I'm, I'm going to run through the top 10 here for you in descending order here to make it more dramatic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 10 is Rod Woodson. Nice pick. Yeah. Nine. Dermotti yep. Dawson. Eight. Mel Blunt. We're doing well. Seven. Franco Harris. Six. Jack Lambert. Five. Terry Bradshaw. You would expect the 70s guys. Yeah. To, to dominate this list. Four is Joe Green. Uh, you know, he might be a little higher. Three is the most underappreciated player, without a yep. doubt, in franchise history, Jack yep. Ham. Two, the legendary Mike Webster. I really loved seeing him up there. And number one, by the way, with a bullet, is Ben yep. Roethlisberger. Way ahead of Webster in the rankings. Now, for those of you who are wondering, where's everybody else? Well, Troy is at 13. So right off the bat, you can take this, as the founder said, and yeah. you know, with a grain of salt. And by the way, since I know Cam Hayward's watching this, Cam, you're <laughs> at 17, but you still have a chance to move up, my man. You just yeah, have you to do. keep playing exactly the way you did this past season. A hundred percent. And it's also, it helps by playing longer years too. You mentioned yes. some of these guys, they played longer years at position where their importance to the team was very, very high. You look at, like you said, Jack Ham is a guy super important. Mean Joe Green was another guy super important to this team. And like you said, Troy, Troy, I wish he'd have got more years out of, but to be at 13, is not bad. And nobody is going to bat an eye at Fanica being right behind Troy at 14 because his impact on the running game, on just this team, getting a Super Bowl, being able to be a high dollar free agent after, you know, he left Pittsburgh. That says a lot about his valuation. I, this is about as fair as I've seen when you speak of importance to the team and a guy that I'm super excited to see on this list in the top 20s for right now. And we said it before, Steelers don't sign a whole lot of free agents. But James Ferry oh, yeah. being at number, number 20. Number 20. And and again, remember that longevity is a big part of this. And it is. that's why Jerome Bettis is all the way down at 33 because yeah. running backs just don't last long. Now, no. Franco did make it to number seven, but Jerome was, wasn't that guy that was going to be breaking 80 yarders. You know, right. his, his, his value was a little bit different. I got to tell you, Moan, as I go, as I go through a list like this, yeah. it just, it just, it reminds me of, wow. Yeah. You yeah, know? man, it, it does. You have an appreciation. That yeah. You, we, we had a small conversation the other day about the Mount Rushmore. Like, oh, yeah. Who the heck do you do this with, DK? Because I'm like, for my AV to be higher than Heath, and Heath is now Heath is is now in the uh, he just got his um his 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 Hall of Fame with the Steelers. I'm just like, yeah, he deserves that, you know. Heath? So, oh yeah, yeah. And, and it, like, it's not saying I'm more important. It's just I played. I think I played a little bit longer than Heath. You know, less injuries too, so that also helps. Yeah, no question about that. By the way, uh, Moan just. Moan just made a reference there to uh, what did you say right before that? Heath. Heath nah, his, uh, it was it was something else. As far as longevity, health, injuries. 
man. I, I, it's still too early in the day. I haven't had enough coffee. When we come back after this break, you might talk about something. that thing that you just mentioned. Because even if we have to rewind the tape and play it again. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. The caffeine has kicked in. And also, we were able to rewind and remember that Ramon made a reference to uh, Mount Rushmore. Yeah. And we'd never done one of those. Because, DK, that's a hard ask right there, man. really hard. It's really hard. I I would say I'd rather you pull my fingernails, but I don't want that pain either. (laughs) Yeah, no, no. Let's. Woo. Yeah, um, this, because I'm scratching truth, my head. The truth is, you can do a whole mountain range. Yeah, of we can Mount do the Rushmore's for, the, <laughs> for this <laughs> franchise, um, but you have to make some some tough decisions. Uh, the only thing that we agreed on in advance is that it doesn't have to be a player. Well, so, so it's your show. You go first. Oh, see there. I see one of these submissions from Eddie on the side chat, man. Okay, all right, my four. Because it was just embedded in me so much. Joe Green mm-hmm. has to be on there. Ben, I have to put on there. Jack Lambert, I have to put on there. The face. And Chuck Knoll. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I Coach, Coach Knoll. And I feel like I'm cheating it still. Just think of the people you just left off. <laughs> Give me the freaking Appalachian Mountains. It's the it's the worst possible exercise. God, oh, okay. DK. Like, like here, I'll give you mine before we get into any kind of like okay. commentary or whatever here. Uh the ones that we have in common are Mean Joe Green, yes. the, the ultimate stealer. Yes. And Chuck Knoll to me represents not just the Steelers, to me, he is the greatest of the Steelers in any capacity. He also is among the greatest Pittsburghers who ever lived. Yes, like sir. Citizens from our city. Uh, he is who we are. My goodness, we still quote him as if he's Socrates. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Act like you've been there before and everything else, right? Yes, sir. Where, where we're different. Uh, I chose Terry Bradshaw. As my yeah. quarterback, not that you had to do this by position, but I'm sorry, Moan, you can't or four Super Bowls. And I he was about so it. big in all of them. And the only thing that holds him back in this conversation, if anything does, is the fact that he ended up hurting his elbow was something that would have been fixable today like this. Yeah, man. And, and, and would have kept playing. OK, actually, he went and he tried to have his own surgery on it or something and against it or without the team knowing about it whatever another story for another day ah yeah we'll get into that <laughs> and uh, where you went with lambert i went with troy and and here's why okay i i wanted on my list i wanted one representative uh and a fair one of the two most recent super bowl championships yep. okay yep. you have been doing that representation and i have troy you can't Okay, these are impossible choices. But Troy, remember, he was the one that picked Flacco to send the Steelers to the Super Bowl on on the the greatest play ever at at, at Heinz Field. Okay. Uh, Impossible exercise. Just impossible. 
But th- that speaks, DK, of just the friggin' history of, okay, let's be serious about this too. Get to the mid-60s, late-60s, early-70s is where a lot of this is kind of derived from as far as these legendary players. And if you look at just the history of the league, where are we at, 100 years? Yeah. You know, like from mid-60s all the way up through now. You're looking at a team that's just pushed out HOF, HOF, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year. And all since 1970 onward because the Steelers weren't any good from 1933 to 1969. I mean, all of this is in that window. I know, and I'm just saying, but even the continuation of it, you said, okay, you had to have two errors and you threw Troy in. But let's think about the offensive players. Like, Ben helped jumpstart that too. And just not only that, DK, just – what do we want to call it? The thesis of this team, the roots, the bones of this team has kind of stayed the same. You always have a running back. You always have a monstrous defense. You have a really good quarterback. Like it's all held up since what do we want to call it? The blueprints have been kind of laid out. It Even was the in coach. 1969. Yeah. yeah. Think about the coaches, DK. What yep. other organization can say that those three coaches can go on the Mount Rushmore on somebody's list? How about Dan Rooney? We didn't even get to the ownership. Come on, man. How about the ambassador? How about, like, I mean, this is where this is. It's a head scratcher. It's, it's, and no no matter what you do, no matter how you do it, it's the worst list you've ever compiled. (laughs) Do you see what I'm saying? And which I know everyone who's watching this right now is going, you guys just came up with the two worst lists ever. But you know what? But if you did it, you go ahead and do your own right now, and yours will be the worst list. It will be the worst. And when I said you dummies, I'm speaking about me and DK, not you guys. But it's going to be somebody that says, you idiots, you didn't even put so-and-so on this list. And I'm like, you're right. We didn't. You know? I'm going to say something that's even even maybe more controversial as it relates to this Mount Rushmore before before we go to another break here. And that's this. There is a current player who could still make it onto this list. Okay. We're we're talking about, we are talking about the defensive player of the year. And when you get into that category, when you are the very best at your position in the world, never mind on your side of the football, right? You're still young enough and you've been a finalist. What's he been a finalist now? Three times, three times. Yep. Okay. You know, so, Hey, you're an idiot, okay? And <laughs> guess what? I'm an idiot, okay? <laughs> because we... Impossible. It is. I imp- want to see the comments on this one, just to see what people for look like. Yeah, okay. yeah. Fill them up. Fill them up. When we come back, the only segment that matters, although this one was pretty good. Welcome back. Time for the only segment that matters. It's the Hey Moan segment. For that, we have Jason here at the HQ Shop downtown. By the way, if you haven't been down here yet and you're in the Pittsburgh area, you're going to have a problem with Ramon. Is that correct, Moan? <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's you. just I'm, how it I'm goes here. Make we, that flight, you hear me? We don't play nice here. You have to come down to the to the place. <laughs> Did so anyway, playing. mess see, around and find out, okay? See, and here, Jason's about to back me up on this. Hang on. <laughs> what's up jason hey Moan, what's going on man not much man oh and you jumped on here and said hey moan automatically i don't know if you meant to say that but it was so good though jay hey i got you i listen to you guys on the reg so i got a couple questions for you number one um this is a two-part question it's related um are the steelers going to add any more defensive back field depth 
and number and related to that, what's the feeling in the locker room when someone does get added for depth purposes? Oh man, ah, that's a good question. Uh, the first one, can they add somebody? Yeah, but where and who's going to come available? You know, like that's that's what we're talking about. Like this time of the year, as far as players available, most of the quality Jay are already gone. You know what I'm saying? So yep. a guy that's getting cut this time of the year that you're looking to sign, they, they probably have a lot of deficiencies. They just don't work for you. Now, what what happens with those guys that get signed this late? They usually are special teamers. They have a unique skill trait. I sound like Coach T giving you that answer right there. Um, but that's that's what you're getting this time of the year. The starters are already there as far as cornerbacks goes. you got your 64 starters across the league. Most of the teams have their nickel guys already set up. Yep. The gems that you will find that play during the season, you usually get them during mini camp or OTAs, that time of the year to where you can really evaluate them, you know. So yeah. I don't want to say there's not a hidden gem out there, but yeah. when we get to August, September, most of the good talent is is pretty much gone as far as guys that are actually going to play unless they have a name that are cut midway through the season or something like that and their new tape looks good enough to bring them in. And the second question was what what, what do you do with guy, what's the mindset of the locker room? Yeah, when like, they when they bring in depth, what 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 are the, <sighs> what how do the guys feel about that? As a young guy, I didn't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I was just of the mindset that Oh man, here's another guy I got to fight off, or here's another guy that you know is here to take my job. When I got older, you know, I was at a, a at a practice uh, recently with the Titans, and I, I saw the groups. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like I saw who were the starters, I saw who were the backups already at the beginning of camp because I, I was around so long, and, and as far as the locker room goes, you know the guys who are gonna be there as camp bodies. You just hope for their sake. They don't realize it. You yeah. hope for their sake, they go out there and ball out and give you everything that they freaking have because you do fall into that camp body. We need 90 to get through. Yep. I can't work my I can't work Najee every play. Right. I can't work, you know, Chase Claypool every play or Cam. And that's truthfully the brutal, yeah. you know, reality of what camp is. Nobody really says says it. But you also find yourself like, he better do something special or he's out of here. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. it's unspoken. No, that that but, makes sense. That makes sense. And you know what? You still grow close to those guys. And it just, that's the part of the business that yeah. kind of sucks. It's a, it's a business. Yeah. One last, one last thing. Try to get you guys out of here under five. Uh, talk about, um, I'm 45. Nutrition's yeah. more important now. Uh, yeah. Talk about... NFL players, what's nutrition and training like leading up to training camp now? I know most guys are staying in shape all, yeah. around, all year round. It's not like uh, the old days where they came in to get get trained. But what's what's nutrition like leading up to um, to training to camp? camp? And then when you retire, um, you know how do how do you how do you deal with that now? Now yeah. that you're not in that in that mindset, it, of, it is of, leading of up to it. Season. You're working so hard. Most guys usually kind of eat what they want to as long as it's clean. You know, as long yeah. as you're getting your protein car or you're getting, you know, not a overloading it in cars. Guys these days don't usually go bad. Yeah, you might overeat and stuff like that. But the biggest part is you're training like crazy. That's what keeps you under that threshold as far as being overweight or honestly, some guys don't eat. So they're underweight, too. We don't talk enough about that side of it. Yeah. Um, but the Definitely. biggest thing. The factor I've noticed is guys that have those major issues, how much they party and don't get sleep. 
You know, like that's the aspect of training yeah. that guys have to learn. You can't burn both ends of the candle yeah. when it comes to yeah. that type of tradition. I mean, that type of conditioning and nutrition. Post football, you got to focus on I can't have my old habits. I got to substitute what I used to do for something new. Yeah. Me personally, I'm eating zoodles now, okay? It's that <laughs> type of stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm eating wheat pasta, but not my portions, not as much yeah. as, and I'm conscious. This is the thing that I'm most conscious about now is my movement. I got to work out. I have to move. I rode my bike yesterday for, you know, seven to 10 miles. I forget, like it's those, the activity mm-hmm. physically, and I'll say this too, mentally. Those are the two things that keep you around. Sounds good. Thanks, Simone. Appreciate, Appreciate you. Jack. Good to meet you, man. Big you fan too. of you for a long time. I'll see you guys time. soon. Yep. Thanks so much, man. Absolutely. You won't get fired from me. No. It was awesome. Hey, I, hey, I went over. For, I went over five minutes, DK. Don't you dare blame Jay. Okay. Did you see the hover that I was doing over? Yeah, I saw this. Like, I peeped what I, you were doing. Like yeah, thanks, thanks, man. Nice thanks. meeting you. Thank you so much, guys. Executioner around here now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Little do they know that they're in the presence of such awesomeness, you know, when they do this. I mean, like, they think, they think they know, but they don't really know. Let's do this again tomorrow, Moan. Hey, I'm with it. <laughs>